You're listening to The Sick Room Show, episode number 250. In this episode, I'm talking about how to detect and work through your upper limit problem. Welcome to The Sick Room Show. I'm your host, Sick Room, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. If you want to build a successful business based on your passion, then you need to learn to detect the upper limit problem and know what to do to solve it. Everyone has an upper limit problem, no matter how successful they are. In this episode, I share with you how I first discovered my upper limit problem and how the problem keeps coming up in my business in different ways and how I work through it every time. Do you want to build your dream business? I have created an eight-part video series for you called Build Your Dream Business. Go to signal.com forward slash 250 to sign up for the video series. And there you also find the show notes of this episode. If there is one thing that stops us from achieving our dreams and building our lifestyle business, it's ourselves. It's our mindset. It's you. It's you for yourself and it's me for me. Today, I want to talk to you about the upper limit problem. Now, you might ask, what's an upper limit problem? Imagine an invisible glass ceiling above your head and your dreams are behind that glass ceiling. And for some reason, even though you're trying really hard, you just cannot get through that glass ceiling. At some point you will, but the glass ceiling is throwing all kinds of problems at you. And it's only once you have realized how to solve those problems that you can push through. And the thing is, you can go on with your life and business and not notice that there is this glass ceiling because you just haven't hit it yet. It doesn't matter how successful you are in business. Everyone has an upper limit. We all have it. I have it. You have it. If you don't think you have it, then you haven't just hit your ceiling yet. You're still living and operating below that glass ceiling, which means there is a much bigger potential available for you once you realize that there is a glass ceiling and there is something beyond that glass ceiling. The upper limit definition comes from a book called The Big League by Gay Hendricks. I highly recommend you read that book after you have listened to this episode. And maybe once you've read the book, you come back to this episode because here I am sharing my stories of how I've detected my upper limit and how I have worked through it. And in the book, there are multiple other stories that might also inspire you how you can go through your upper limit. The upper limit, as Gay Hendricks described it, it's like a thermostat. It's like a too low thermostat setting on your ability to achieve and enjoy 
ultimate success. Basically be the best version of yourself. So let's imagine the best version of yourself is behind this invisible glass ceiling. And the glass ceiling is there basically to test how much you really want to go there. And it throws all kinds of problems at you. And it's only once you've realized how you solve them that you can get to that next level. And once you're at that next level, actually there's another level and there's another level and there's another level. The way I describe this, I say with every new level, there's a new devil. And I say this with a smile on my face because I am now so excited when I detect a new upper limit problem. Upper limit problem sounds like it's a really huge problem. And for some people, problems seem to be unsolvable. But the upper limit problem is really a solvable problem. So maybe a better way to describe it is to say, I am upper limiting. Skipping the word problem makes it actually more doable because it isn't really a problem in itself because it's all in your mind. It's all in your head. You think it's a problem when you have it. And at the same time, some other person is experiencing exactly the same thing and they don't see a problem at all. The upper limit is this thermostat that is set very early on in childhood. As Gay Hendricks describes in his book, he has been researching this for years and years and worked with thousands of clients on this. It is basically a thermostat setting which you have put at a certain level unknowingly. You are too young to realize what you're doing, but based on what you're experiencing as a child you put that setting at a certain level. And I believe we also have experiences as teenagers, as young adults, or even as older adults that put the setting at a certain point on the thermostat. So let's imagine if you are in Europe or you understand Celsius, yeah, I know in some countries it's Fahrenheit, but let's say your setting is very low. Let's say my ideal setting would be 23 degrees, but for some reason the thermostat it's set at 15. So I'm always cold. I'm always feeling like I have to put on a sweater or buy an extra sweater. It's a constant problem. I'm not living up to my full potential because my thermostat is set too low. And this might be something that somebody said to you. It might be the interaction between your parents. It might be some uh, thing a sibling said to you. Maybe something happened at school. Whatever it is, it's not at this point so important to figure out why your thermostat setting is so low. It is more thinking about what's happening in the now that is stopping you from achieving and enjoying success. So if you have that feeling that you can't move forward in your business, whether you're starting out or whether you're trying to scale up to six or multiple six figures or even seven figures at this point, and you feel there's constantly something happening, then you're having an upper limit problem. Everyone has the potential to achieve their dreams. I absolutely believe in that. And everyone has the potential to be the best version of themselves. The only thing holding you back 
is yourself. It's your mindset. And in most cases, it's the upper limit problem. In the past, I used to call some of these problems money mindset problems, launch depression or launch sickness or excitement. But honestly, I have come to the conclusion we can bulk all of these online entrepreneur issues into the upper limit bucket. And I want to explain to you why. First, by telling you a few stories from my business where I have realized, oof, that was an upper limit problem, although I didn't realize that at the time, maybe. So coming back to the ceiling, you could also imagine this as a lid on top of a can and you're just in that can. It's like somebody's keeping you inside your comfort zone, but it's not somebody else. It is you. And it's really important that you understand when it's happening. So here are a few stories from my business. I started my business in January 2014. I've shared this in numerous episodes, the story of how I built my business. So I'm not going to go into details of that. But basically, it was a rough beginning. I was creating freebies and free courses. And I was only offering one hour coaching sessions. And I was not really figuring out what is my offer? Who is my ideal client? What should I really be doing? But at some point, in the middle of the year, it started to get more clearer. I started to do weekly webinars. I really found something that I love doing and it was easy to build my list. It was easy to attract people that obviously were my ideal clients. At some point, I also learned to launch. I learned to ask for the sale. So in September, October, my business really started to take off. I was making money most of the year, but really hitting those five figures that happened October and November of 2014. And it was great. It was exactly what I'd been waiting for. Like I felt like it was time. I had a list of 1500 people. I had been doing lots of uh, free content and it was really just up to me. It was again, a mindset thing. I had actually that was another upper limit. I'm discovering another upper limit just as I'm recording this episode. Isn't that crazy? Well, coming to the point of the story, I think there were numerous upper limit issues on the way. Why wasn't I asking for the sale? Why wasn't I launching? Why didn't I learn to launch earlier? All kinds of things. But finally, I had my five-figure month in October 2014, and it was great. I had $13,000 revenue. It was fantastic. November comes along, 17,000 revenue. I think, wow, I'm really on a success streak. There were these little thoughts of like, ah, oh, is this a fluke? You know, will the money be gone next month? But, you know, now I had two months in a row, five figures. So there was a part of my mind being comfortable that, hey, this is my new life. This is my new way of living where I make five figures every month. And then December comes along. And I continue on my streak of making offers, attracting the ideal client, doing weekly webinars. I actually think I even did two a week in December. And I started to, I hit five figures in the middle of the month. And I started to get like, ooh, maybe I can hit 20K. And well, to make a long story short, $25,000 on the 31st of January, 2014. And I was like, 
Wow! Because actually December didn't start off so well. And I kind of was like figuring out like, was this just a fluke of two months and now it's gone? Because about 6th or 8th of December, I think I had already made $1,500. But I got some extra energy of thinking like, hey, it's the last day of the last month of the year and it's got to be possible and there's no bad month to launch or sell. And I basically had this thing that I wanted to prove to myself. I want to prove to myself that December is not a slow month. Like July is not a slow month either. And the closer I got to five figures, the more energy I got to actually achieve then 20,000. And then I was like, well, if I achieve 21,000, like, why not 25? And I kind of challenged myself again and again. And I was doing this inner work throughout the whole month. And I achieved 25,000. But what happened on 1st of January, 2015? I was in a bit of a shock. To be honest, $25,000 in one month. And then I started to calculate how much I had made in three months. And it was $55,000 in three months. Almost 20K a month if you uh, divide it by three. And this was too much for me. This was too big. I realized that this was more money than I had ever made as a CEO. Yes, I was a CEO for a decade. And I was not in a high-paying CEO position. I was a CEO of uh, small, medium-sized companies. I was always very aware of not paying myself too much. I decided my own salary and, <laughs> you know, made a suggestion to the board and they always agreed to it because they probably thought I was silly asking for so little. Yeah, I was always aware of paying a salary that was very much in range in what other people in the company were earning. That's how I was thinking when I was a CEO. And so I had not earned so much money. And I hit my upper limit. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know what the upper limit was. But I had a very weird feeling about money suddenly. Although that was my goal, I wanted to show to myself, I want to show to other women what's possible. And I'm telling you now, still today, people think that's an amazing uh, streak that I, three months in a row, made so much money in my first year of business. And that's why I have other episodes where I tell you exactly what I did. So you can do that too. But here's the point. In January, I went into a cocoon. I didn't send out emails. I didn't ask for any more sales. I basically became invisible. I was not acting on social media. I was working with all the clients who had signed up with me in the last three months. I was fairly busy. I didn't really have much availability for more sales. But as you know, you always have to do marketing as sales because if you plan to be in business three months from now or six months from now, you have to do the work today. And I knew this. It's what I teach. But somehow, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I was sitting there, not doing nothing, because actually I was coaching my clients, so I was quite busy. I felt very busy. So I was busy every day. Busy, busy, busy. But I was not marketing my business, and I was not telling anyone that I had any offers available. And to my surprise and not surprise, maybe 
at the end of January, I had made $1,400 in one month. What does that tell you about the upper limit? It is almost like I was trying to prove to myself that the whole thing was a fluke. I self-sabotaged. I created this. I made sure it was a bad month. Not that I planned it, you know, but it's still my mind. It's still me. I did it. I made sure that I had a very bad month revenue-wise. And I was in shock because I was the one who had been a CEO for 10 years, have an MBA, and had just successfully did my first year in business, achieving $72,000 in my first year in business. And there I was sitting in January 2015, and my business wasn't a success because I couldn't handle the upper limit. I had retracted and basically made myself small. But the good thing what I did in February 2015, I started to talk about it. I didn't maybe talk about it on my email list or with my clients. That's maybe not the first place where you voice your problems. No, you go into, if you're in a mastermind group, ideally, or if you are in a paid uh, program like Samba, you go and share this with like-minded people who understand exactly what you're going through. And that's what I did. I shared this. I, I shared on one hand my success story of three fantastic revenue months and then this, this dip in revenue. What did this mean? And everyone agreed. You've hit the upper limit. They call it money mindset issues, whatever you want to call it. But I like to call it upper limit now as I've read the book, The Big Leap, and I identify very much with the stories Gay Hendricks shares there. So I hit my upper limit because there was this internal rule in my head, which I didn't know I had, that you only make a certain amount of money. You are a successful CEO, you're a successful entrepreneur, and 20,000 or 15,000, that's just enough. Because, you know, what do you need more? Yes, I didn't have maybe a reason to earn more money. Or what was I going to do with it? Was I going to pay down my mortgage? Was I going to pay down my student loan? I had not thought that through. Money needs purpose. And you need to understand why you do what you do. And it's interesting how difficult this period was for me. And on the other hand, last year I made a million dollars. And it actually felt easy because... The million dollars had a meaning to me. It had a meaning of being a successful entrepreneurs, showing it to me in the world that women, online entrepreneurs, can build a seven-figure business in a relatively short amount of time and having the funds to grow the business even further and do good in the world. Yes, I hit my upper limit, but I started to talk about it. I uh, actually hopped on a call with a couple of people who offered their help and I just talked more about it and I started to realize next time this happens, I'm going to notice it. So the first learning I had was to detect the problem because once you realize you have a problem, magically things start to happen in your head that help you solve it. That's absolutely the first step to say, oh, that's an upper limit. Oh, that's an upper limit. Even making a little bit fun of it helps. 
So what has happened since then? Since then, I've had several incidents where where I say I've had launches, successful launches, and I had a launch that was $75,000, then I had huge, huge launches. What has happened every time after every launch, almost like clockwork, is that I get sick. I get a cold and I'm thinking, first I just thought, well, okay, I've been working really hard because you know this probably even before you became an entrepreneur that you can power through a period also at work or in life and you will not get sick. There's something in your mind holding you back, not getting too sick because it's important that you finish this exam or that you have that dinner party that you've been planning or whatever. And then the next day, boom, you get sick. And maybe that sickness was lingering for a few days, but you were able to hold it off. And everybody realizes this. So this is what I thought was happening when I started to get sick after my launches. I thought that oh, I've been just holding off this cold. It was going to come anyway, but I was able to hold it off. But then I started to realize nobody else was getting sick around me. Is it just me? Why is it after every launch? Why is it really like clockwork? And I started to tell my, it's a launch sickness. That's the name I have for it. And I started to make fun of it. Okay, so my launch is over today. I guess I will get sick tomorrow, but hey, I don't need to get sick. So I start to talk to myself. I actually am reminded of something now as I'm sharing this with you. As a child, I had a dream. There was a guy following me. You know, I used to read all kind of criminal books. So I guess probably out of one of those books, I started to have this dream. And yes, it was a nightmare. I was a child. I didn't like the dream. I would wake up. I would run into my parents' bedroom. I would sleep on the floor next to them with my mattress. But then I thought to myself, it's a dream. How about if I just turn around in the dream and tell the guy not to follow me? And that's what I did. Next time I had the dream, I didn't run away. I turned around and said to the guy following me in the dream, this is just a dream. You can't follow me. Poof, the dream went away and never came back. That's what you do with your launch sickness. You just turn to it and say, oh, that's just launch sickness. I am not really sick. Poof, it goes away. And the reason I'm doing this episode though, today, rather than some other day, is that I recently went through a launch, another successful launch. It was my most successful launch ever. It was a little bit bigger than my previous launch, not hugely bigger, but uh, uh, we had a great launch and I'm going to share those details in another episode. So that's not the topic of this particular episode, but we had a fantastic launch, but it was not exactly as I had planned. I had planned for a million dollar launch. I had planned it for many months. We had hired a copywriter. I had planned a budget for the Facebook ads. I was planning to spend lots of money, over six figures on Facebook ads. And everything was set up. And I said to myself, the only thing that can go wrong in this launch is the Facebook ads. If something goes wrong, Facebook changes something, we can't spend the money for some reason. That's the only thing that can go wrong. 
everything else is lined up and ready. Emails are written, they're scheduled, everything. And what goes wrong? Facebook ads. Not in the way that I thought they would, but we just hit some kind of a limit. And now it's interesting because we're talking about upper limit. We were running Facebook ads and the Facebook ads had been created, had been tested. We typically start two weeks ahead to get some testing going. And then you really start to scale up seven days before your open card webinar. And that's what we did. And we started to scale up and we hit some sort of a ceiling. Our ad account started to freeze. So the first thing we think, oh, they have frozen our ad account because I've heard that happens to people. So our solution was to create a second ad account. We try to run ads to it. It's a lot more expensive when you run a second ad account because uh, Facebook doesn't have the history and everything you need. But we have the same issue. And we have uh, people basically helping us from all over trying to fix this situation or trying to understand what's happening. And we are just like, oh, the ad account is frozen. It's frozen. And over seven days, and we're talking to Facebook, we're talking to Facebook ad experts, and nobody's really like what's happening until we start to see a pattern. We are spending $4,988 every day. Turns out, and nobody could tell us this for seven days in a row, being on Facebook chat every single day, that there's an invisible limit. And it's so interesting because we're talking about upper limit here. There's an invisible limit on all Facebook ad accounts that you don't see. Yes, there's a limit that you can set in your Facebook ad account, but Facebook itself has an invisible limit that it sets on all ad accounts to protect itself. It wants to make sure that people can just not spend unlimited amounts of money. And this is probably more like for their protection and your protection in case something happens. And yes, you can get the limit increased, but you have to talk to Facebook, take several days. Maybe you have to give them some information. So you're not going to do this in the middle of the launch. And we had no idea. And the problem was solved on the open card day. Basically, too late for us. Yes, we got the limit increased. We actually got it doubled, but that was already after we had done our open card webinar. So we didn't get the leads we planned to get. We still had a successful launch by all standards, the conversion rates and all of it. But it was not the launch we planned for because of this ad invisible limit, this visible invisible upper limit. And as I was sharing this at Sigrun Life, uh, my conference recently in Zurich, Switzerland, that I do once a year for my Samba community and masterminders, I felt as this was happening, yes, this is the upper limit. I had planned for this huge launch and I'd said to myself, the only thing that can go wrong are the Facebook ads and then they got wrong. And yes, it was out of my control, but in some way or sense, I feel it was still in my control. And I think that's just a part of the upper limit. It's a part of the next step. And as I've been sharing this story with many of my fellow entrepreneurs, those who might be in a similar situation, they ask back, what is this challenge trying to teach me? Well, in this case, <laughs> if there's anything I learned, you actually can ask Facebook upfront if there is a limit there. But yeah, sometimes you don't know. And I don't know if there's anything that I could have done differently to make sure that this 
invisible limit uh, wasn't hitting us. But I think it's important to recognize when the upper limit is happening, to see what lessons you can learn from it. And next time, I'm prepared to go through it. So next time, we will not have an upper limit problem with Facebook. Maybe there will be something else that I learn about myself or my business. But every time there is something, and once I recognize it's upper limit thing, I know how to go through it. So there are four barriers in detecting the upper limit that Gay Hendricks describes in his book, The Big Leap. The first barrier is the false belief that we're fundamentally flawed in some ways. If we carry this feeling with us, we sabotage our success because we think we are somehow not good enough. And this has got a lot to do to self-worth. I think this is one of the biggest problems in society that people don't think they're good enough. And I think that's something you continuously have to work on. Basically, how this barrier, upper limit barrier, shows up in your life is that when a lot of good things are happening for you, you somehow make bad things happen because you cannot believe that good things happen to you all the time. Let's say you had a fantastic launch and then you decide to get sick afterwards. That's a typical, this false belief that not everything can be good at the same time. You cannot have a good relationship, good business, and also good health. Oh my, that would be just too much of the good. So let's make sure one of those is not so good. But the thing is, it's in your mind. Once you have realized that actually it's you doing it, it's not outside forces or outside of your control, you get rid of this barrier. The second barrier is the false belief that if you succeed, if you are very successful, that somehow you're being disloyal to your friends and family and you're leaving people behind. I know this is a big one, especially when you start to earn lots of money and you start to get a little bit worried about your surroundings. Will you lose your friends? Will you lose your family? And honestly, that doesn't make any sense. If people are your real friends, they stay with you no matter what, through thick and thin, also when you're successful. I would rather say that when you're very successful, you should be careful of any new friends coming into your life who are maybe after some different things and are not really your friends. But if you have this feeling that you might be leaving people behind if you get too successful, this is another upper limit problem holding you back and you need to condition yourself and tell yourself another story that you actually will bring them along with you. They will always stay your friends and family no matter what. The third barrier is the false belief that we are somehow a burden. Now, you might not really think you are a burden to the world, but maybe somebody said something to you in your childhood where you got the feeling of like, ah, I'm not going to bother them anymore. I'm not going to be bothered. I'm going to I'm going to actually take up as little space as possible in this world because otherwise I'm a burden on society, on my friends, on my family. And yes, the word burden may not be the one you recognize right away, but if you are carrying this feeling inside of you, you do sabotage your success all the time. And sabotaging your success 
means that you feel you are a burden in some way. And that's where you have to come up with a new story if you're hitting that upper limit. The fourth and last barrier is the false belief that if your light is shining brightly, if you're very successful, that somehow you are just outshining others and you don't want to outshine others. And I know there are certain cultures and certain countries where outshining others is totally frowned upon. It's absolutely not acceptable if somebody's outshining. But the thing is, when you shine, you are inspiring others to shine as well. So I don't believe that my success means that somebody else cannot be successful. I think actually I inspire others to be successful as well. But if you believe in some way that your success, you're taking too much notice, your light is shining too bright, you're going to hold yourself back and that's going to be an upper limit for you. And you need to start to tell yourself another stories. So there are several ways to work through the upper limit. First of all, you need to acknowledge that it's there. And I like to make fun of it. I'm like, ah, I'm upper limiting. Oh, that's upper limit problem. But I recognize it's an upper limit problem. And then I start to work on it automatically. First of all, breathe. It is amazing that actually when you feel some kind of a fear around your upper limit, you can actually get rid of it by breathing deeply. Maybe you have to take several breaths and maybe you have to do that over several days. But basically fear is just excitement without the breath. Isn't that interesting? Worry is another way that this upper limit is showing up to you. So you're worrying about things that are totally out of your control or not really happening. And they're just, worry is really a waste of time. So if you start to worry or feeling guilty like I do sometimes when I'm having fun playing on golf and I'm not doing uh, working, I feel guilty for having fun. That's another way of upper limiting or self-sabotaging. And then I realize like, oh, this is an upper limit. I shouldn't feel guilty. Hey, this is the reason I created my business to have fun. And I start to think about all the nice things that are happening in my life right now. And how nice it is to be outside and play golf and enjoying the weather. And the fourth and the last and the most important part of upper limiting and how to solve it is to spend more time feeling good. So when you're feeling good and you start to get worry thoughts or fear thoughts, you acknowledge them, but you then push them away and you go back into the good feeling. And the more time you spend in the good feeling, the bigger everything gets for you the more you are going to enjoy life, going to achieve success, and the upper limit problem is going to disappear. Now I said, new level, new devil, but every time it happens, it's going to be easier to go through it because you acknowledge the upper limit, you breathe through the fear, you think of the positive things happening in your life, you turn the worries away, there's a time and place for them, and actually very rarely time and a place for them, and you expand, you the time you spend feeling positive, because the more time you spend there, the less chance the upper limit has to hold you back to achieve and enjoy success in your life. I would love to hear what kind of upper limit problems you have experienced. Please send me an email, info@signal.com. I would love to hear your story. And now go back to the show notes where we structure for you 
how you detect the upper limit and how you can solve it for you in your life and business. Do you want to build your dream business? I have created an eight-part video series for you called Build Your Dream Business. Go to sig.com forward slash 250 to sign up for the video series and there you also find the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.